Are you a CEO or sales leader with little or no time to coach your sales development team? Or is your expertise in areas other than sales? At eXp, we exist to help your sales development team to increase pipeline and grow your company exponentially. We dive into the trenches with sales individuals within your organization to coach them through the discomfort and excitement of cold calls and help them fully utilize the sales technology tools you have invested in. For more information on how eXp can help grow your organization, visit the website found in the bio. Exceptional coaching enables exceptional potential. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Sales E-Experience podcast. Today we have an interview with Connor Parry, an SDR at Refract. Connor talks about how working on a farm helped prepare him for a career in sales and why he's ambitious and confident about the future. I hope you enjoy the show. So, Connor, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so let's start, if you could just introduce yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Connor. I'm 24. Uh, I am originally from Mid Wales, but have now made the move up to, to Newcastle, where I am an SDR for Refract. Very nice. And how let's let's start at the beginning right so you you finish school mm-hmm. what happens next how, how do you get from kind of mid wales up to newcastle it's been it has been a roller coaster so after leaving school i went to a college called hartbury where i studied golf uh <laughs> yeah so quite interesting decided to to do one year then come back home where I then did two years of college doing sports management back at home. I then moved up to, to Scotland for a year, did sports psychology. Uh, didn't particularly enjoy that, so came back home um, and did three years at my local university um, studying sport and management. Mm-hmm. Um, finished that in... June last year and then started at Refract in July 2019 I think and then been here ever since. Nice. So why why the move from your local university to, to Newcastle? As in? As in from kind of mid Wales up to here? Okay so where I'm from it's renowned for very limited prospects <laughs> like it, it was either it was either milk cows or have a trade, and like doing that for the rest of my life didn't exactly spark. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it wasn't something that I wanted to, to carry on doing for the rest of my life. So um, since a young age, I've really enjoyed business, I've enjoyed sales, um, and then Refract come along after going through the Pareto. Mm-hmm. Um, so Refract came along, met Rich, met Mark, um, and I love Newcastle, and they uh, luckily offered me the job and decided to, to move up here. Awesome, awesome. Um, so speaking of milking cows, yeah. I, I understand that you have spent a bit of time on a farm in the past. Yeah, um, so I milked cows for seven years. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> did it as a bit of pocket money. Uh, during college and then during university I decided that like I'd had enough of that career um, 
and it yeah. was like my time time to move time to move on yeah. fair play yeah I can I can imagine yeah. it's one of those where you either love it or loathe it uh-huh. um, you love it for the first couple of years and then <laughs> after that it's like nah I'm, I'm alright I've had enough of that <laughs> So, so can you still drink milk or? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I like <laughs> the thing. I say, um, last year I spent most of my holidays actually going back to the farm, and just doing a bit of um, extra work. I've, like I find that, um, that I didn't I didn't want to take a holiday. So the holidays that I had, um, I didn't have anything planned, and it's. Like I said, being in mid Wales, there is nothing to do. So at night I'd milk my cows, and then during the day I'd like see my family. But but I definitely have realised that I'm glad I made that career move. Yeah. Because I was sick of it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that it sounds like there's probably a lot of life lessons you learn from from working um, on a farm. Yeah. Anything that kind of stands out to you from that time in your life? Um. Life lessons definitely. A big one is being prepared to do the shitty jobs, no mm. pun intended, like it's a very <laughs> monotonous job that you go in and do the same thing each and every day, but it allowed me to like, to turn off and sometimes you do need to do the re- repetitive tasks to get, get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was a big one for me. Um, and then another one is just like working alongside five days a week doing that alongside university and like going to the gym. Um, just hard work is it's, it pivot, like it's pivotal in milking cows because it's such a fast paced job. You wouldn't mm. think of it as a fast paced job. And I was always like regarded as Polish because UK workers don't work like I do <laughs> so, uh, so I put it was quite nice because I fit in really well with the Polish uh, yeah. the Polish boys over there so they, after like milking they'd always try and get me in for some vodka and like some Polish beer nice. or some like carp they they eat like raw fish over there it's disgusting <laughs> so I'd have to kindly decline most nights but it was nice to, to like feel part of their, their family and culture which was which was really cool um, but yeah like I said definitely the right time to, to yeah. move on from that life awesome yeah and I think like you said that that kind of hard work and that willingness to do whatever it takes to get the job done mm-hmm. is definitely something that sets you up really for whatever career you go into right mm-hmm. that that work ethic is vital whether you go into sales or marketing or, or anything will help yeah. you stand yourself apart mm-hmm. no I'd agree um, and it's it's that consistency do you know what I mean day in mm. day out to put in the work and like I think that's one of the biggest things that I've really seen um, especially in sport naturally like I wouldn't say that I'm the most talented person mm-hmm. but I've always felt that my ability to just consistently chip at it and like put in the work has got got me to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was examples of me in golf. Like my cousins were better than me to start off with, and same in tennis and football. Not not being like put in the first team and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's like being having that setback or having your cousins 
be better than you at golf was always like a, a big driving factor for me and like it's just part of my human nature to, to always want to be a winner mm-hmm. but not necessarily being the best at off it at the start mm-hmm. and I, I've felt like that at being refract um, maybe not being the best in the room to begin with but I've definitely got that willingness to learn mm-hmm. and drive to help me get to where I want to be Excellent let's let's dive into that a little bit so I guess to start with who are refract and what, what do refract do? Yeah so I work for Refract, uh, we're based in Newcastle and what we do as a company is we bring to life uh, the key moments within your team sales conversations where revenue is won and lost. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I put it in a nutshell essentially. Okay, and um, you talked there about kind of that journey of of learning from not necessarily being the best in the room day one to, Mm -hmm. to develop your skills and to improve your skills. How? I guess, how have you proactively done that and how has the business helped you to, to kind of ramp up? Can you go yeah, there yeah, again? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how have you proactively yeah. kind of taken on information and, yeah. and developed yourself okay. to, to ramp up? Um, so a big skill for me is imitation. Um, I've always done it in from playing golf to tennis to football. I've, I've always looked at who I feel is the best performer in the room um, and I've tried to look at what they do and uh, take that from them and incorporate it into my styles, whether it's cold calling, emails and stuff like that. Um, I'd say something that I've learned is definitely listen to the, the, the leaders in in the room, my mentor Stu, mm-hmm. um, for example, I, I went through a phase of <laughs> not sending, not sending out personalised emails, just to like try and <laughs> scale up, and then quickly find out that that wasn't the way forward. Um, but in terms of um, ramping up, yeah, like imitation, uh, listening to the best calls. Mm. Um, that people are making, looking at the best emails, seeing what they're doing in terms of um, how they um, incorporate like time and organisation. Again, that's one of the areas that I feel that I need to improve on. Um, something that I've been trying to do since New Year. Um, but yeah, that, I'd say that that's the biggest thing for me. Mm. Um, and it takes time mm-hmm. like that it, you can't rush being shit hot at, like at what you do Even, and patience is like it's mm-hmm. so pivotal and it's accepting that it, it is like a, a time thing like you're not going to get to where you want to be instantly and it's only taken me now to realise if I'm in this for the long run like it's going to take years or it's not going to take th- three months absolutely yeah they they talk about that to become an expert so they need to do 10,000 hours of it yeah I think a lot of people will start counting from the day they sit in their seat mm-hmm. as a salesperson mm-hmm. but the reality is it's 10,000 productive hours yeah. right listening to calls making calls sending emails yeah having conversations um, not just sitting in your desk yeah <laughs> clocking in and clocking out oh. Um and and the other thing you said there about um, 
kind of realizing that you're here for the long run yeah that's something that i try and help people understand all the time uh-huh. there's a um a scene in a tv show where these two soldiers are challenged on why they're scared right uh, and they get told the reason you're scared is because you think you're going to survive okay you need to realize you're already dead okay and i think often it's the same with salespeople, isn't it you know you're scared because you think i only have to do so many cold calls and then i can go home yeah the reality is, is that's it. That's your life now. Yeah. Learn to love it. Yeah. And you won't be scared anymore. You won't have that kind of discomfort that comes with it because you'll enjoy the process and enjoy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like what you said there about enjoying the process. It, it, it's huge. Mm. Um, and then when you start to enjoy the process, time is taken away from it. You don't, like time isn't a factor. You don't think about it. Absolutely. Um, which is quite nice. It it's nice for me knowing that I know that I am in the right industry. Um, like I could have a rubbish day on the phone where I don't get anywhere, and like even though at the end of it I'm like, oh, blinking out, like <laughs> why haven't I booked any meetings today? I, I'm not. I'm not like oh, I want to give this up. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been real refreshing for me to to realise that and and know that I am in this for the long run um, which is also cool because it means that I can take my time in becoming where I want absolutely to be absolutely um, so I guess the, the other side thinking about you know Refract obviously as a business care a lot about sales coaching and, and that kind of active management to help you improve yeah do you have any experiences about kind of your experience of coaching here and, and how that's helped you to, to develop as well yeah, um, I've got a good one, a good plug. So um, I made a call, it must have been before Christmas. Um, it was a good call. Uh, I engaged in a good conversation. It's something that I feel that I'm quite good at, is just getting people to speak on the phone. Um, I got off on the end of the, the, the call and I hadn't booked the meeting. So uh, I put the call forward to, to be coached on a Friday. We listened to it and um, there were two like key nuggets of um, where we felt the, the conversation could have had a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so after team coaching, I rang him back up and I was like, look, we spoke um, last week. I just had the call coached. There were two pieces of information that I missed within the call. I'd love it if we could have 10 minutes. Um, and he kind of agreed and the deal closed uh, last month. Awesome. Um, so it's just like a prime example. Do you know what I mean? That, um, of, of, yeah, of being coached, but also reaping the rewards of that coaching. <laughs> to, uh, so often that we'll have a coach, uh, a call coached and it doesn't necessarily have the positive impact there, although you may see it in, in future calls, Absolutely. whereas that was a past call and I got to see the benefit <laughs> so of it as well, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, lo- I love being coached. I love learning. Um, it's just it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Um, and like in this game you're always learning it's always changing it's always adapting um i'd love to get your take on this so 
I'm going to give an example. In golfing, you've got coaches, okay? You've got numerous uh, coaches, and within these numerous coaches, there are different methodologies of how you should swing a golf club, okay? Mm-hmm. And some are different, some are the same. Um, as a player, you can you can almost decide like what approach is for you mm-hmm. as as a coach in sales like how do you like for me how do I pick the right methodology that is going to make me be the best salesperson that I can become yeah I, I think that's a really great question and um, I think there's a couple of things to think about I think you know no salesperson is going to be able to sell to everybody yeah. right? everybody everybody knows that um, and so I although I agree you should get yourself to an accomplished level on, on all channels so that you can use email social calls etc there are going to be things that you're naturally more suited to and yep. a conversational style that you're naturally more suited to and I think like a, a truly excellent sales coach will help you recognise those things okay. and try and help you improve in the channels that are going to make you most successful okay Um I think the the best thing I think you can do to think about yourself is is to practice things, right? To to listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks or read and try the things that you hear. Mm-hmm. And don't necessarily look for the results, but look for how it makes you feel and, and how it drives a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um I think often we, we purely A B test on outcomes rather than on process. So like the reality is a terrible email will get a response if the person's ready to buy that product. Yeah. Right? Um, a terrible phone call will get a decent outcome if they're committed to buying already. Yeah. Um, but actually, what kind of answers do the questions you ask drive? What do they uncover about a prospect? Uh-huh. Um, and then what type of responses do your emails generally drive? What mm-hmm. type of engagement can you generate on social? Uh, and thinking about how that makes you feel if it's something you feel like you do deliver excellently or if you need more help on that mm-hmm. um, and then also you know spending time with someone that can coach you and, and ask for their feedback you know based on the models you're used to using or have seen other people use where do I fit mm-hmm. how would you describe me as a salesperson mm-hmm. um, and then you can start to model yourself on kind of processes or methodologies that have so- someone else has had success with mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm definitely a believer that sales methodologies aren't the be all and end all mm-hmm. but giving yourself a framework is really important a yeah. framework to work towards and to improve yourself for, against um, but yeah I think I think it's about definitely recognising where your strengths are okay. and then hitting them really hard definitely because um, for me I find out that um, I really enjoy being on the phone Nice. Uh-huh. It's not like an, a normal trait, but I've always, I've always felt comfortable just being on the phone and just like having that conversation, like that. That is all. All it is, um, and like initially, it does come down to getting over that fear, mm-hmm. and then once you've surpassed that, it's like it is having a conversation, and I, I really love the process of the whole cold calling. Um, and the learning of being good at it mm-hmm. so like for example initially getting over the fear of just like being able to call someone up mm-hmm. um, and not be scared or like and then 
doing that it's the case of asking questions like although they might be rubbish ones and then it comes down to active listening mm-hmm. um which is something that i'm like i'm learning now um and getting better at but then once it's this is like the next step for me is active listening picking up on what someone's saying and, and then digging deeper mm-hmm. into that and like really fi- finding the like root cause of it um I did my first discovery call last week. Nice. Which is like a really cool experience. And just like having that time on the phone to ask questions <laughs> and knowing that you're not as limited. Yeah. It's a real change, isn't it? You know, when you're on a kind of outbound cold call, yeah. you've got to ask really sharp questions to get to the point that you need to get to. Yeah. Um, and I think... You know, one of the one of the greatest things is that if you can, for me, if you can nail a cold call, a discovery call should be a walk in the park. Yeah. Because you've got so much time to think, you've yeah. got so many, so much ability to ask questions. But and I guess it's a little bit like, um, you know, if you think about it, in football, strikers that are good six yard box or even eighteen yard box strikers but can't take penalties. Mm-hmm. I think that's the challenge, isn't it? Is with a penalty, you've got all the time in the world, and so it's important that you still follow the right process you still ask good questions because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get into discovery calls and then because they have that time to think ask stupid questions uh-huh. um, and stupid questions get stupid answers yeah um, I, just on that I once had a salesperson um, that I was working with uh, I overheard him on the phone uh, have a prospect ask him if something was a stupid question his response was there's no such thing as stupid questions just stupid people <laughs> don't know how that deal went but yeah you know I think it's it's really important that you kind of maintain that level of quality questions that drive the right answers just because you have time doesn't mean you can be disrespectful of it I guess Mm -hmm. um yeah definitely so I guess moving moving a little bit looking into the future what what are some of your ambitions when you think about kind of your sales career going forward uh again enjoying the process is like it's something that I'm I always joke with Stu that I'm like I'm going to become a BDM like can I become a BDM today but like I've now realised that I need to like rein it in a little bit um, <laughs> but for me the next step um, to short term is to really get hold of cold call like even, I wouldn't I'd say like I'm I'm good at it, but I'm I'm not there yet. I'd say um, that I'm good at cold calling, although I don't get necessarily the outcomes that mm-hmm. maybe not that I deserve, but um, but I definitely don't book as many meetings as I should from cold calling. Um, the there's like a few reasons that come down to that so still need to improve that um medium is like looking at being a coming a bdm and moving into that transition um and really thriving in that role um and then long term i haven't thought that far ahead yet to be perfectly (laughs) honest with you yeah i think you know from the things you've shared I think a lot of people get really caught up about what their future holds mm-hmm. when the reality is is the best in my opinion the best way to prepare for your next job is to really understand what makes you successful in your current one yeah because that process of taking something you're not good at yet mm-hmm. learning how to do it learning how to make yourself successful and then 
demonstrating that by driving yourself to success mm -hmm. is what can help you be successful in whatever you decide to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's definitely something I see in people that have successful careers. You know, eventually, there'll come a point where you do figure out what you want to do next. Yeah. But then you have the building blocks of how to make yourself ready for that Definitely. and then make yourself successful in that going forward. I've, I've, like, I've had a bit of a mantra over the past few weeks and it seem, seems to help. And it's just, I, I can't be a BDM if I'm a shit SDR. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I tell Stu that all the time now. And it's just like what runs through my head is that I need to be good at this job yeah. before I can think about becoming a, a BDM. Although like... I really want it now. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that's not the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to have that passion for it and drive for it, but the patience. Uh, patience to get yourself there. Yeah. Annoyingly, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I guess, kind of driving, driving towards the close, I'd love to understand a little bit about um, kind of how you, how you structure your day, right? You, you know, you have all the different things available to you that you can use, all the different approaches. How do you kind of think about planning and, and kind of your day-to-day -day activities? Um, so I think the first, the first big thing for me is finding good people to prospect, people mm -hmm. that I feel we can really help as a company. Um, and then alongside that, um, a big thing that I've been focusing on are really good personalized emails it's something i've had like a lot of success with not necessarily putting out the numbers um like big numbers but definitely getting good results from it um and taking that time to 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 research a product um a prospect and really understand who they're about who their company is about um and then once i've created that email putting it in a good cadence um and just picking up the phone as part of the process, following it, following up with that. I feel that ringing them up after and talking about that is a great starting point within mm -hmm. the conversation um, to go off and then just seeing where that leads on from there. Okay. I think one of the things that a lot of, um, a lot of the SDRs I work with struggle with is, is how to identify how to find, I guess, those those good prospects, mm -hmm. almost that pre-qualification of yeah. of what makes it. And I think they have a good understanding of what makes it, but how, where do you kind of source your prospects from? What kind of things do you do to find them? Well, why do they struggle? Like, is, is that a company thing or...? Uh, it kind of varies, I think, especially where there's a lot of outbound work. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they look for people that have received investment, look for people that have got news about them, but then it's... Where do I go to source candidates beyond that? Oh, source, not candidates, mm -hmm. source prospects beyond that. Um, that maybe there isn't a compelling event to reach out for, but just a compelling business that, that is likely to have the problems. Okay. Um, for me, personally, in finding um, the, the people that we, we tend to help the most is in the SaaS industry. Mm -hmm. um, it's really looking within the company, seeing about their outreach, their, their outbound sales team, um, and then going in, I like, I like going in at the top, mm -hmm. and then if I can book a meeting with like the CRO or 
do you know what I mean? Someone that, that's real big. It means that even if they pass me on, they still know about Refract. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just means that the sales process is a lot quicker mm-hmm. rather than starting off at someone like sales manager level and then having to get that passed up. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think at those senior levels, it's definitely easier to get them to talk about the challenges they're facing. They're a lot more open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, manager level, often they'll be trying to figure it out themselves they'll mm-hmm. think that it's their job to fix it themselves mm-hmm. and so there can often be a bit of a challenge there so yeah I think you're absolutely right absolutely right with that um, so final final question for you Connor right. um, what, what do you do in your spare time what do you do for fun outside of work other than milk cows aside uh, <laughs> from milk and cows um, I go to the gym a lot yeah I do I do um, Olympic weightlifting oh wow and single crossfit uh and again it's just like i feel that sport has taught me so much Mm -hmm. in terms of like the process and just it takes time um and then like what i'm doing now is that i haven't started i've started like athletically i wouldn't say i'm the most gifted person in the Mm -hmm. world but through previous sports i understand that it's a longevity thing I know if I keep on chipping away and doing the right things, um, then I will get to where I want to be, or like there or thereabouts. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same with this industry. It's like doing the right things. It's like understanding that you need to have good fundamentals in place and honing in on that to get to the top. Um, yeah, I can, I can absolutely imagine that, especially like with the Olympic weightlifting, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't try and rush that otherwise I'm guessing you can really hurt yourself definitely yeah <laughs> um, and the smile on your face tells me that you've potentially had some, had some near misses at yeah. least yeah <laughs> um, but yeah like yeah I'm not in a position to go and lift anything <laughs> particularly heavy at the moment other than myself yeah. Um, but yeah awesome awesome well look thank you so much for, for your time today um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I, I feel like there's a ton of value and I think just one thing that I've I've noticed if you don't mind me sharing I love how you've asked questions back mm-hmm. to to help you understand and to give you more insight to help you answer the questions. Steve definitely said, sign of a new yeah. of a of a successful SDR. Yeah, Steve says <laughs> ask the most questions that he's ever come for. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, look, thank you so much, Thanks and so um, much, yeah, cheers. Really Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Sales E-Experience podcast. We'd love to get some feedback from you. You can message us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, search for EXP Recruitment, and you'll find us at any of those sites. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful week. Are you a CEO or sales leader with little or no time to coach your sales development team? Or is your expertise in areas other than sales? At eXp, we exist to help your sales development team to increase pipeline and grow your company exponentially. We dive into the trenches with sales individuals within your organization to coach them through the discomfort and excitement of cold calls and help them fully utilize the sales technology tools you have invested in. For more information on how EXP can help grow your organization, visit the website found in the bio. Exceptional coaching enables exceptional potential.